Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. Today I have with me co-hosting Steph. Steph is a member of Calling All Beings, the founder of UAP Experiencers, and has been working behind the scenes to help organize the UAP Disclosure Symposium. In addition to Steph, we have our special guest today, DM Atwood, DM Atwood or Donna, who is an experiencer, UFO researcher, founder of the Alien Experiencers Network, and an author. She is interested in transpersonal psychology, the biofield, nanotechnology, futurism, science fiction, and UFOs. Donna recently published Alternate Realities, an anthology, and is working on her own podcast. I assure you that is not all of her bio. There's just so much going on. Thank you so much for coming. You have so much to tell us about, Donna. Well, thank you. Alternate Realities is not published just yet, but uh, it's in final edits right now, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> just okay, wanted so, to clarify. <laughs> okay, because I, I read that it, is, it was out already. Okay, oh, no. now I'm glad to know. Okay. Okay, so um, I guess the first question I usually ask is what was the, was the springboard to bring you into the realm of UFO research? So I'd had a, an experience, uh, more than one experience as a child, uh, at about the age of four. I am one of those people that, that people hear about with the gray, the gray alien abduction <laughs> um, scenario. Um, I'm one of them. Um, the thing is, is I went through it as a child. It was really traumatic. Uh, and my mother has actually told me that she remembers me talking about the monsters and she thought it was a bad dream. And uh, I, I, she, she told me that I was pacing back and forth and like mumbling to myself after, while this was all going on. I definitely remember two um, encounters, if you will. But I eventually got over that. All right. I moved beyond it. And I had a lot of mixed feelings about it because there were some aspects to, to that were, well, frankly, were traumatic, honestly. Um but other aspects that were more almost kind and loving. And um, they seemed to be making very clear that they did not like nuclear uh, weapons. Uh, I saw some sort of, um, it was almost like a loop of film or something of, of uh, uh, a nuclear explosion just over and over and over. And I remember, I guess as I was leaving the craft, I assume, I don't really remember being on a craft per se. I remember being in a room and I remember a table and I remember being scared and it was medical and then passing out. And then when I was leaving one time, I had the hand of well, an extraterrestrial entity, I, I think. Now, you know, there's a lot of debate about that, but um, it seemed feminine compared to all of the other beings that I had seen. Um and very kind. And that's when I saw this looping. Um, yeah, like it was like a film of, of these explosions. Anyway, so I took from that that nuclear explosions were bad. I was very young, like four. Okay. So I, eventually I moved on from that. But I remember, you know, being in, in uh, and getting ready to go out to recess. And I remember thinking that the the, um, I don't know how this came in my head, but I remember thinking that the uh, pyramids were not built by us. And I was like, I think in second grade, I think maybe first or second grade, I'm pretty sure it was second grade. 
Uh, and, and I remember thinking that and I would look at the children and I would know their thoughts and it was very strange and I didn't know what to do with it. And that's the truth. I, I had no idea what was going on. It scared me and I kind of just tamped it down. I just sort of willed it. I didn't want it anymore because I didn't know what to do with it. Right. But then many, many years later in my 40s, I had an incredible experience, a beautiful experience with um, a large uh, luminous uh, sphere uh, an orb. Um, how big was it? Uh, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to just say maybe a third of a Volkswagen Beetle. All right. And I was looking out the window one night, uh, after returning from vacation, our dog at the time, uh, Hugo, uh, was, we just got back from vacation and he had colitis. So, uh, I was going to sleep on the leather sofa with Hugo in case he had problems and needed to go to the bathroom. Right. So I'm downstairs on the sofa and uh, I couldn't sleep. Hugo was happy because I was home. So he fell asleep. And I went and I looked out the back window, just looking, you know, not, not nothing. Just looking. And then all, and it was a beautiful early spring night. There was a little snow packed. This was in upstate New York. And then I look over to the window, like kind of catty corner to where I was standing off to the side in the side yard, actually. And I couldn't believe what I saw. It was this large, it was like a plasma orb. I mean, I couldn't believe what I saw. I was just astonished. It was hovering off the ground. And as crazy as it sounds, it seemed kind of excited to see me. It was like jiggling and kind of doing a happy dance, if you will. Um, and, you know, beyond that, there's nothing that incredible about it, except that it was a 50-minute encounter. So just under an hour. And it didn't leave. I'm the one that finally went to sleep. It wasn't going anywhere. I was not going to go outside because I wasn't sure what I was dealing with. And I had not heard of these at this time at all. This was like 10 years ago. I had never heard of this before. I, I think that was a good call because honestly, a lot of these orbs have um, almost like assigned roles. And some of them are not the best and nicest. <laughs> you know, some of them are nefarious. Oh, so, yeah, okay. uh, especially I've heard a lot of the orange and red ones seem to be the the sentinels, so to speak. And then there are some that have protrusions that hurt people. Oh, that, that's really interesting. So this was white colored. It was just mm -hmm. a bright white color, kind of like uh, some of these new, I'm looking at one right now, some of the newer light bulbs that, that glow kind of white, you know, mm -hmm. um, it never, so anyway, so I finally went to bed as crazy as that sounds, but what was after a while, I'm not going outside. What am I going to do? Right. So um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I felt very calmed and it was very calming and loving. That was my experience. However, the next night, and I would say it was almost 24 hours exactly, almost. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, um, I don't know what else to call it. At the time, I did not know what it was at all. It's taken years to put this much together. Um, I had, so my, I was laying on the sofa with Hugo again, because colitis does not go away overnight. It takes a long time for a little doggy to feel better. He's a little dachshund, sweet little dog. Um, and so I'm just laying there straight on the, on the sofa, you know, and he's, he was above me right by where the, um, you know, the armrest of the sofa. Right. And he was very happy. And then all of a sudden my body, my whole body starts to shake 
All right. So I'm hoping maybe you have, you guys have some insight here on, on the electromagnetic action, perhaps of this. I don't quite understand exactly what happened, but um, how long did it shake? I'm not sure. Maybe 30 seconds. It was like, it was as if it was a grand mal seizure, but I was fully conscious and um, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh, but um, so I was faced away. My head was faced away from Hugo, the dog, right? So I kind of looked up back and kind of around and his eyes were really big and round. You know, he was so scared. And I said, it's okay, Hugo, mommy will be okay. And somehow I just knew it was related to that sphere that I had seen the night before because I don't have a history of anything like that. You know, I've never had any epilepsy or anything. Um, I've seen a grand mal seizure uh, in a coworker from years ago, but I, I don't have it. And uh, like I said, I was fully conscious and then my body stopped shaking. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know what happened, but I, I just know I'll be all right. Then things started to, over time, things got really weird. And I had no idea what was happening to me at all. I mean, zero. But uh, and it took me months. Well, actually, I reached out to a, um, I'll just be honest with you. I reached out to a psychiatrist because I started to think I was going like nuts. All right. Like. I was seeing things and I was hearing things and I'm like, what is going on? This is really weird, right? It turned out um, uh, the psychiatrist was like, nope, you're okay. Now, he was a Jewish male and I don't know uh, if he had uh, a background in Kabbalah, you know, mystery school teachings or any of this or if he'd heard of this or had other patients who've had similar experiences. I don't know, but uh, I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't want to hurt anybody else. Um, if anything, what, what happened is, is it made, it forced me to deal with, I was sort of stuck spiritually. Um, my husband and I, our relationship wasn't great. Um, and I, I wasn't really growing as a person the way I wanted to. Um, and it, it just a whole bunch of changes ended up happening, um, including I had asked for a divorce by the way, we're really good friends. He's a, he's a great guy, you know, just, we weren't a great couple. Okay. Um, yeah. And I ended up going to massage therapy school. Um, and, and my husband, uh, John and I, we'd had, uh, my ex, we'd had, uh, a nanotechnology startup company, you know, I mean, we, so we had a daughter, you know, there was a lot of things going on, but I still felt stuck. I was stuck and I knew I needed to move forward. Right. And anyway, so, this was a very tumultuous time in my life. Really just who would have thought, cause I was always like the nice person, really nice, maybe too nice. And I was stuck. Right. So I got unstuck <laughs> and um, I have to tell you that as um, I mean, I, I've kind of referred to it as my dark night of the soul. Cause I don't know what else to call it. Um, and I felt like it was a time that I did. And we hear a lot about this, about shadow work, but honestly, honestly, I think that's what was happening. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I moved from upstate New York. I'm now in Arizona. I'm helping, um, you know, my, my mom. She needs help, you know, at her age. And uh, I, I've just grown so much as a person and spiritually, you know what I mean? It's um, I feel stronger, healthier, just better because of what right. happened. So for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Love okay. it. Love it. May, may I chime in? And I, I do want to say such it's such a beautiful 
you know, event that did occur, even through any some sort of darkness that you thought you might have been encountering, uh, you know, it's a responsible and healthy way to seek an outlet such as therapy or counseling. And a lot of people look at that and, you know, they're afraid of that. And that's the absolute direction that you should go in order to, you know, figure out what event just happened to you. You know, you shouldn't be left in the dust in wonderment going, what did I just see? What did I just feel? I had an electromagnetic occurrence happen to me while I'm laying on my couch and not knowing why this is occurring. And this is something that has been a trend and connection in experiencers who have actually witnessed a UAP, then following that have had paranormal happening. And this is something that I'm hearing. So you are definitely, you know, on, on track with whatever everyone else is, is experiencing. And this, what you're doing is, you know, providing a platform for people to actually be able to, you know, relate to you. And it's such, we're in such a new stage still of this, that what you're doing and Deb's doing, you know, all of these other, you know, UAP ufologists are doing, you know, we're all going to be in the forefront here pretty soon. And people are going to need you know, outlets, and they're going to want to read about it. And they're, they're going to want to understand it better. So you know, there, there are counselors that are starting to just focus on this UAP. And uh, it, it's just really enlightening for me to, to sit back and, you know, listen to people and let them speak through what events have happened to them, because it's really it's, how do you explain that? How, how do we explain these events? if we don't have these forums, it's just right. wonderful. I love, I love that you're sharing all of these vulnerable situations that you've, you've uh, encountered. And I just really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yes. yes. And I, and I wanted to, to go back a little bit. You mentioned that you had um, a seizure um, or something like a seizure to be clear. Um, and I think that, yes, when we get exposed to the EM, our bodies are not really fully equipped for that much or whatever it is that's being triggered. And a lot of people are expressing they either feel it on their skin mm -hmm. or they have um, like a headache from a change that's happening inside because, you know, there's a possibility we essentially have like an antenna in our brain that's responding, um, which enables us maybe even to see things or pick up things that we wouldn't normally be able to see or pick up, you know, and then there's, um, you know, the, some radiation experiences that people are having that are alarming for the body, you know? So yeah, there's a ton of physical consequences for being near something. Even if you didn't go outside and you're just that close to something. And right now I'm reading um, Keel and he's talking about just looking at something that might have infrared um, outside of our spectrum colors that we're looking at could be damaging too like he said a lot of uap experiencers have like problems with their eyes because they're looking at ultraviolet and not really realizing it um so there's just a ton of physical things that could happen and i believe seizures are directly linked to the nervous system in some mm -hmm. way and so the nervous system's going to react to electrical stuff mm -hmm. definitely um that's not the end of the weird stuff. Um, 
So <laughs> things got a little stranger even after that. Honestly, I'm still trying to understand it all. Honest, I'm just being straight up with you. Um, trying to remember. So I was sort of, I was on a call with a friend, you know, on the computer. And I was saying, gee, you know, I really wish I would get some kind of confirmation that, you know, that I am Claire audience, because that, that was like the big, that seems like to be the number one thing that I have. But since this, uh, since I saw that orb, uh, I've not only, a uh, Claire audience is the main thing, but I sometimes will get a picture in my mind's eye, you know, like a brief, it's hard to explain what it is, but you see it. <laughs> I don't know. And then it kind of goes away and it, and it, but it just, it gives you also the feeling of the picture. Like, well, to, to be honest, I saw a picture of somebody that looked angry and I'm like, oh, oh somebody's, you know, somebody I know is angry with me. Uh oh, <laughs> you know, um, but um, beyond that, then later on, so I had gone, I was, uh, I had just finished massage therapy school going back now to after the, after the big uh, orb incident. And, um, I was actually getting ready. I was studying for uh, the boards, you know, and uh, I, I went out for a walk that day. I remember in, in upstate New York, I went out for a walk, wasn't thinking about anything, just trying to clear my head of, of massage therapy school stuff, because it's really hard in New York State, by the way. <laughs> um, very demanding curriculum. No kidding. Um, and so I was outside just walking, getting a little exercise wasn't thinking about orbs or anything. And then I look up and th there, there were now two of them. They were a little bit just above the tree line. So they were pretty close. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, and I, this time I'm not so blown away because I've already had the big experience, right? And then they kind of zipped up much higher. I don't know how high because I'm not a trained observer. But so that was another incident. Then shortly after that, at night, you know, I'm sleeping and, um, all of a sudden, and boy, I really hope you can shed some light on this. So um, some light came in through the sliding glass door that night. Um, but it wasn't just light. It was a feeling of, I don't know how else to say it, but energy. It's kind of like a, mm, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. You feel like your head squeezing a bit. Now I was laying on the bed and my head was away. I was not turned towards the sliding glass door. I was turned in the opposite direction. So this is where it gets really interesting. So I'm like, okay, they're back. <laughs> All right. Wonder what's going to happen. I was kind of scared, you know, I mean, not going to lie. And all of a sudden I had the sense that I was leaving my body. I, I think this is what you call an out of body experience. So I felt like I was floating up. But the weird thing is, is that my body was still on the bed, but there was some part energy part of me that was floating up. Right. And it could see the light coming in through the sliding glass door. And I got really scared and then boom, it went right back into my body, but I was still turned away from the light. All right. And then it, it, it left. So, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm thinking off the top of my head and stuff. You can give me your opinion also, but when someone gets visited as a small child, um, that usually is the start of a very long series of visitations. Um, I will say there's a possibility that that was one that you weren't supposed to remember and kind of got oh. inter interrupted. 
Um, and there's a possibility that there were others um, that you were unable to remember. Um, and it's, I don't think that it was going to be a one-off. It sounds like it's, it's very odd to say, you know, I had these very strong memories here. They might have even known they freaked you out and decided, you know, maybe next time we'll be more careful so that you don't remember, right? And then suddenly you have another one here. I don't think that's how that works. I think it's more likely you've had them all along. And mm -hmm. that's, I, I hate to say that when it, it can be scary to tell you that, but I think that may be what could have happened. Okay. Um, and then, well, I would love to hear your thoughts on this one too. So I had another similar experience after I moved uh, to Arizona. So I haven't been here that long. Um, so I was actually at Trader Joe's <laughs> here in Oro Valley. And again, not thinking about anything, right? Just living my life. <laughs> and I happened to look up. I don't know I, even why. And um, this was not like a really close thing. This was, they were up in the sky and this was kind of nice and gentle. And I, I felt like there was maybe a, uh, I don't know if they were trying to tell me something. So um, I, one of these uh, orbs or spheres came from the left and one came from the right. So we were talking east and west. I was actually facing north. I, I just happened to know that because of the layout of the road and everything. And so they they were far, you know, pretty far apart. Don't ask me how far. I don't know. Not a trained observer, but they, they came closer together and then they flew directly north. And so they both took a, a, a hard uh, 90 degree angle turn and just, you know, they just kind of floated gently north and that was it. And then it wasn't long after that, that I had another thing this time through a window because there's no sliding glass door in the bedroom now where I'm at. So there was the light and the energy again. It shined in. I was, of course, scared. And this is the weird thing. I heard a helicopter. I don't, for the life of me, I have no idea. It was a distinct sound of a helicopter. There's no way a helicopter could get, you know, and shine a light into my bedroom window. So I had a feeling like, I don't know if that was like a clairaudient thing that happened. I honestly don't understand it exactly, but that did happen. Um, and I don't remember anything else after that. It may um, be a bad time to say that I commented recently that I get excited about helicopters being in the sky because I think maybe they're going for UAPs that are in the sky. So that's a possibility. Like, and, and you wouldn't be the first person to have said that. Um, one of my friends is going to be coming back on the dojo soon. His name is Max McCabe, and he had a helicopter over his house. Um, and he had never had that happen before. And uh, it was pretty soon after one of his experiences. So, I, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, there is some surveillance from our people that isn't necessarily the clearest to us that could be happening. Um, Steph, Steph, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, I think Donna is asking for our opinions on some of these things. So, Well, it's really interesting you mentioned that also that you had heard something, but there wasn't any visible sight of the helicopter. Um, I will say that I share that with you also. I, I am also an experiencer and there were four people that 
in total that had witnessed this. And I was the only one that had heard something. And the way that I described it was a whirring sound. It's something that wouldn't sound like a helicopter blade where it would be chopping through the air. But I did actually, in fact, hear something, whereas the other observers heard zero sound at all. And that's the majority of most experiencers. So the Clariodian is um, pretty compelling. You know, if we can collect more data on that, that would be wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm also very curious about the electricity that you've kind of experienced. I know you said that it was within your body, but did you, um, and if you need to chime in on that, clear, the Clariodian, please do. But I'm just like so excited to ask you all of these questions. Um, the electromagnetic field, do you feel an aura around you or is it just internally? Do you actually feel something outside of your body? Say if you're meditating or if you actually feel that there's a, an aura around you, have you ever sensed something such as that? Well, gosh, I, you know, I, in massage therapy school, um, we did energy work. And so I've tapped into the energy field on somebody else, a fellow student, a, a lady. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I was at that point, I was still of the, I'm not entirely sure I'm not crazy. Okay. Even though I had had several teachers said, no, you're, you're fine. I'd had a psychiatrist say, no, you're fine. <laughs> but I was still not entirely convinced. I'll be honest with you. So what happened was it's kind of like in the Bible, they talk about like the laying on of hands. And so that's what I was doing in school. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were just learning technique and I was just doing exactly what the teacher told me to do. And I laid my hands on, on this lady's like her thighs. And I, I can't repeat exactly what I heard, but I heard very clearly in my ear, my life is so blanked up. Okay. And I was really stunned. And then later on, and I think it was another day later, you know, in another class, I was now laying on the table, right? And a student and the teacher were both there. And they they both were aware of the everybody that knew me knew about the Claire audience stuff and that I was really, you know, trying to understand what was happening to me and really struggling with it. And they got close as they were, they started at the bottom, you know, towards the feet and they were working their way up. And as they got closer to my head, you know, near the shoulder, you know, this part of the body, they both could hear things around my ears. Okay. So, um, so you talk about the energy around the body. All right. Now, as far as I, I will try to express this as clearly as I know how the energy, when the light has been shining in the room or whatever, it feels like it's outside of me. It feels like it's all around me. Having said that, for the longest time, years and years after the first um, encounter, you know, the 50-minute encounter, my body felt very electric, very, very electric, like a lot, okay? Um, and I hope that answers your question. Mm -hmm. okay. No, I absolutely. Can't. And then some. Thank you. Oh, oh good. I, I'm so excited to talk about this because you're talking about one of my favorite things. Okay. <laughs> you're talking about what is now known to some scientists and doctors who are studying it. You're talking about the biofield. 
Okay. Bi- that's what they oh. call it now. Okay. So that's basically chi, aura, all of those things have been put under this category of the biofield. Okay. And it's also connected if you, you know, we have radiation that emits from our body. We have thermal radiation. We obviously have electrical stuff going on within our body or we wouldn't exist, you know? So sure. like, like all of our, our parts would stop working. So they've been doing research. They've also looked at uh, just light that emits from us, uh, which goes into that aura concept a little bit. And they've seen some uh, evidence that there's photons that emit from our hands, especially in like some of our key points. <sighs> Right. So I strongly recommend looking at that. They do some experiments with tuning forks with the biofield. They say it goes to about six feet away. I have Um, a book on that. I have a book on that. Yeah. And since you're a clear audience, I imagine that you listen to some music and it makes you feel a bit more like, and, and that would be my guess. If you, there's some music for meditation, for instance, that if you were to listen to it, I bet you it would just go whoosh. Yeah, I, I do love music. Um, right. it, it does sort of catapult me to another place. I mean, I admit I'm a I'm a a creative person. It's not that hard for me to go somewhere, but I mean, I'm not imagining all this. I mean, right. there's just no way. You know, I've gotten beyond the I'm crazy stage. So, mm-hmm. um, as far as like aura, I remember a long time ago, um, like in my early 20s, that uh, I was dating a guy, and his dad told him like after I left, he's like she like glows. (laughs) So, and I, you know, I am a little bit familiar with all of this just because of massage therapy school. Right. Um, it sounds like you, you, you know, a little bit more than I do. Uh, we just kind of touched on, on this stuff. I definitely took two, two or three energy classes. Um, so, and I, I have a book, I think, um, I kind of have a pretty substantial library. I think it's called tuning the biofield or something. Um, and I, I've peeked in it from time to time. And, and I, and to, to be honest with you, I, I take care of my mom, you know, so um, that takes up a lot of my time and it does slow my forward progress, but, you know, have to do what's important. Got to keep the priorities straight. Right. So. right. I would, I would recommend if you have time um, to just experiment with some music that has to do with meditation and mm-hmm. Um, like healing sounds, that kind of thing, and find one that you respond to. There's one track in particular that I just play over and over because I feel so much response to that. Mm-hmm. And others I get irritated by, like I get a headache from. So it's mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I am not clairaudient per se. I've had some strange experiences with sound, but I would say I'm more clairsentient. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have always had that sense from other people's physical stuff the electrical stuff that i've always been really familiar with that okay Um, i can even tell you that this part i can't feel it so much everything else is good but this part like we're so we're okay no one no one is listening knows what i'm doing but i'm pointing to my forehead i had to talk to priscilla of quantum witch about why do i not feel this one so (laughs) that that chakra Mm -hmm. is just not doing anything but um it's i don't know so I guess my point is like I have different uh, different sensitivities, and I think everyone does. How about you, Steph? Are you clear audience? I don't know if I can claim either one, but I will say when I do meditate and I put myself in that place where I actually feel like I'm almost having this uh, an aura, like an energy field that surrounds my body. 
the first time that it had occurred, it truly did surprise me. And I was thinking, am I creating this or is there something that is surrounding me? So, you know, I, I do think that if you put the proper intent into your meditation, that, you know, you can expand those feelings around you. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I'm still, I'm still kind of, you know, I'm learning. What's fun to, to talk about also is like one time I try to do CE5 and I try to move mm -hmm. all of the energy up like a, an antenna, which I've done before many, many times. But this one particular time, I think I pushed too hard and I came in, I was exhausted. Like, so I don't know what that was about, but like, yeah, so we do have like this kind of like battery thing going on with our energies. 100%. I totally agree. In fact, when um, some, some, so I pick up words, phrases, sentences. Okay. I haven't gotten really long paragraphs at this point. Um, yesterday where I wrote it down. Cause I want to make sure I told you about this. Where did I put it? Uh, where is it? Okay. You ready? So yesterday I picked up, we relate to you and we are related to you. Mm -hmm. Love that. And it's it sounds like it's true if, if that's the case. You know, if, if there are ancestors, then yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of called called them, referred to them as our grandparents or something. Um, but you talked about the fatigue, Deb. Um, mm. absolutely. I, I've had days and and maybe maybe you have some thoughts about this because I've definitely heard other people talk about the downloads. Mm -hmm. So these sentences that I mentioned or words or whatever, they come, those are slower, mm -hmm. but then there's this really super fast, like lightning fast. It just comes in. It just comes in and, and you don't, maybe you'll pick up a, a word or a part of a word, you know, but mostly it's just so fast. And mm -hmm. when I have days where I'm getting a lot of that in, it is draining. It is exhausting. Right. One day I was at the computer working and I was just getting so much of that. And I'm like, fine, I can't, I can't work like this. I just cannot, you know? So I stopped and I went and I laid down for like an hour or something. And then I came back. Um, have you been hearing this about the fatigue and the downloads and that sort of thing? I haven't heard about downloads being to the point where they're causing a physical problem. Um, I know that they can be uh, invasive where you're doing something else and then suddenly you just kind of hit with something and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, but, but the exhaustion, I haven't heard it. I wonder if that's why people sometimes choose to do the channeling to keep it from staying in like they, they just kind of move it out like they're supposed to be doing that like they're supposed to relay a message or something i don't know what do you think steph well i think that if you're becoming exhausted you're almost capturing the information and not releasing it as you're describing and empaths tend to hold on to this information and take on other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. So in turn, you will become exhausted by that. Just like running five miles, it's an emotional taxing on your mind. So absolutely, that will take over your entire body and you probably feel like you need a rest. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely. definitely when it comes to uh, 
being empathic for sure with humans, it doesn't take long for them to be tiring, right? <laughs> right. I, I, I call myself an introvert. I really just would prefer to be in a room by myself because I pick up things, you know, yeah. I pick up a lot of things. Like I remember when I was in a, uh, my university, a professor walked in and I turned to my friend who was next to me and I said, oh no, the professor's in a really bad mood today. And she looked at me like, well, what makes you think that? And then like five seconds later, the professor's describing some horrific thing that happened. And I'm like, I don't know why I can tell that before other people can. You know, I just know it sometimes. And I, I don't know if it's just we are reading cues um, or we're picking up biofield. Who knows, right? Well, that could be part of, you know, your emotional intelligence. Maybe you're clairvoyant. Maybe you do have something that you, you can foresee prior to most people. Yeah, something to be looked at. To, yeah, I don't know. I all, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Deb. I was going to say I wish they had a clear test for this kind of stuff because because they, they only did you know they only did the cards essentially and then they stopped really worrying about it too much. But you know that's all. Um. It, so in massage therapy school, I learned that for people like us, Deb, that are very very sensitive like that with energy, um, to walk barefoot in the grass. Um, yes. If you live in an area that doesn't have fire ants, let's say, this is a great way to let is to ground the energies. Um, I'll be honest with you. So here in Arizona, there's, you know, there's critters around, but, um, and, and this is truly sad. I'm def we're definitely starting to see a, a homeless population uptick now. And uh, so I've been a little more, um, I guess, I mean, I care about people. I love people very much. So, um, and I know that statistically, um, you know, the homeless that, that often suffer from mental illness and often they are victimized. They may not necessarily victimize other people, but even so in desperate situations, you know, robberies and things. And I actually had an attempted break in recently. So I, and I live in a good part of town and all that. So, um, I've been a little like uh, feeling like I just can't go just walking anywhere outside now. So that's, um, that's kind of not good. Um, so I'm I'm definitely finding it challenging to kind of get rid of, release some of that energy, like you were saying. Well, if, I feel like if you just go touch a tree, like there's, it's so I cool. should hug a tree. <laughs> yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to hug it. In fact, I remember another weird experience I had. I went into um, a new age store because I like crystals. I go get crystals and go smell the incense and all that. And um, someone came up to me and said, you talk to trees. I can tell. <gasps> and I was like, how, what, how did you know? I just sit and stare at trees. <laughs> like it was an interesting experience. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Uh, Steph, can you relate to any of this at all? Um, do you feel better in nature or? You know, I do do the grounding and I recommend that to people also who haven't had that opportunity. You know, I, I lived in a very, I lived in Orange County, California for some time and, you know, we're surrounded by pavement, you know, you in the same situation where you want to ensure where you're, you're walking, there's, it's a safe location. So I, I get what you're saying. And also being empathic, it's, it's hard to see what's, what's going on, on, on the streets now. So I can understand where you're coming from, but, um, you know, I did find my place where I did take off my shoes. You know, I usually walk around with my tennis shoes on and there's that separation that we have between us and the earth. And people don't realize that, you know, when you have that constant 
separation, it, it's like you're you're bar- you're putting a barrier between you and the, the earth. So I delved into it and I said, you know what, I'm going to investigate this. I'm, I'm going to give it a try. And I did do a meditation with a man by the, the name of um, Sifu Matthew. And he's he's kind of a a chi guy. He does Kung Fu. He, he, he brings you into this really, um, um, a deep meditative state where you actually do exercises where you press onto your, your top of your head, the sides of your head, the back, and it almost does release these, you know, just fluids literally that are trapped within you. And so Mm. in combination, I did do that and grounding the next, go go for it, Deb. I just wanted to comment. They call those pressure points. Yes. Well, the, <laughs> the pressure the pressure points. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, I, you can follow him along, and I'm sure that there's other you know meditation teachers that will show you the same thing. But in combination with grounding, I did his his journey, then that grounding, and after that, I would say I felt like I. I would probably, I don't, I don't do any drugs or anything, but I felt like I was high. I felt like I was like on cloud nine that I had released these toxins out of my mind and also planting my feet on the earth. I felt that connection to the earth. And I mean, I was purely just investigating the process to see how it would have an effect on me. And it really truly did. And then I actually craved doing that together. And I, you know, I was living in a very densely populated location and I, I was surrounded by almost a constant stress of traffic and pollution and air pollution and all of the above where I was seeking some peace. And that's where I landed in um, that combination of grounding and meditation. And it really truly did do something to me physically and emotionally. I, 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 and that's why I craved it up until the point that I, I moved. I, I moved yeah. to, you know, a place where there's only 7,000 people opposed to 3 million people in my county. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I still do practice, but not as often. So mm-hmm. if that answers to, that. I have to think that one of the reasons people love going to the beach so much is not only the, you know, you're touching the sand, you're putting your feet in the sand. You know, you don't have the barrier, but also you just are sitting there and enjoying nature. You know, you're part of nature. People do the same thing with hikes. And, Absolutely. you know, I, I am a big fan of hammocks. I was just saying yesterday, I'm very frustrated. I'm in an area where it just, just trashes any hammock I have, like, because the wind just rips them up. Mm-hmm. But, and it's unfortunate. I would say that technically, I guess I'm in an increased tornado area now because mm-hmm. the world is changing, right? But, yeah. Um, yeah, so like just also just like the sun itself gives us like vitamin D, right? So that nature is so so important. Um, but on a given day, if someone sat down and thought about it, they would probably realize that they came in their house and then out to their car, into a building, into a car, into their house, and actually had very little of it. That's yeah. true. We're on a Absolutely. constant, constant routine. We're yeah. always buzzing. We're always going. We don't take a moment to stop and slow down and just be. It, it's it's like such, it's the most simple thing ever. And, you know, people really, truly, 
they're so distracted by which what's news is going on. And, you know, yes, there's some concerning items going on in the world and, and the world is in need of great repair, but you really need to, you know, focus within yourself to see, okay, look, do I need to go seek something to go you know, speak to, or do I need to be with nature? It, it's just something as simple as that. Maybe you need some solo time and it truly does you know, it does have an effect on you when you, you do find out exactly what it is that you're lacking. So, you know, it, we can't always control our environment, but we can we can step step out of it, and, you know, drive a few miles to a local park and just have some quiet time. It, it's almost like what where what happened to that? Why? Yeah, I just had a yeah. deep thought. I was thinking about how I was saying I like those crystals, right? And I was thinking about how I pet my plants and I'm like, it's, we just can bring things with us. We can find a way to bring it in if we have to. Right. But I wonder if like when I, cause I have a, I have crystals right here, all along here. One of which is like a big uh, smooth quartz. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what if this is just our way of getting that, even if we can't go outside and do the grounding. Exactly. I'm with you on that. I, I, I pet my plants and I talk to them. I do. I do. Well, I miss, you know, Hugo passed away and uh, I'm not allowed to have a dog where I'm at now, unfortunately. Um, I know. Um, but also I'm very, very busy. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I do take care of my mom and it's not a good time, uh, but I miss that so much. And um, I, I will say too, um, I think I'm, I'm a little more of an extrovert uh, dev, generally speaking. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an empath and it's really weird because I crave people. I love them so much. I do. And I mean, and the people that know me, it's almost like they fight over time for, to be with me. It's hilarious. I mean, I, I, I'm always kind of kidding them and everything, you know, um, but then, then I've got to have my time alone. It's just, just this weirdest thing, you know, <laughs> so it's really, really hard, um, you know, to get that balance. But um there was something I was going to say to you. Um, oh, you're, recharging, you're recharging your batteries, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe that's how crystals work. Like, that's why yeah. we're touching them, because we can't go out and put our feet on the ground. They're recharging us because they're still Earth. You know, hmm. I've got them in another room. Maybe I should bring them in here where I'm at so much, you know, in my yeah. office. Absolutely. Um, I also wanted to just, uh, I'm kind of shifting gears for just a moment here, because I didn't want to let this slip by. Um, so I heard that we're related to you and we, uh, we relate to you and we are related to you, but I also heard, uh, that it's hard to get through with all of the arguing. And I, I'm not an argumentative person. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a pretty agreeable person, but if I think something's wrong, I have learned the lesson to, to speak truth. You know, um, that was a hard learned lesson, by the way, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that what there's my take, my and I could be wrong, but what I understand that they're saying is that there's just so much chaos and that we are we all are arguing about everything nowadays. Right. Mm -hmm. How can they get through to us? We're busy constantly. We're arguing. We're under so much stress, you know, war, the economy, so many things. Right. Interpersonal relationships, whatever. I mean, there's just so much coming at us and within us all the time. So I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they wanted me to say that. And I kind of get the feeling maybe they want to say things to me and 
have me write them or type them. Well, that's what we were saying earlier. We were talking about how you're probably getting exhausted because you're not pushing it out. Like, you're probably meant to. Um, Like, I feel like I was meant to make my website and give people information like that I was supposed to do that. So if I hadn't done that, it would have driven me crazy probably, right? So, and I feel like, you know, Steph, you probably feel like you are supposed to be helping people, right? It's just a natural thing. I don't feel forced by doing that at all. It seems right to me. So, yeah. And Donna, as you were describing all of that, kind of chaotic, you know, all those scenarios, I wonder if what they were trying to relay to you is it's almost as if it's static. There's a static barrier in between what you, what message you're trying to put out there. I mean, if, if that's the case, it, it could be, they could be saying this is static. There's, there's something in between we, we can't get through maybe the arguments or arguing is some form of that. I call, I call distraction static. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, mm-hmm. that's just something that kind of rang true in my mind for, for what you're hearing. And what is Absolutely. more distracting than conflicts in our life, right? What is more right. distracting from listening? Like I can tell you that when I meditate, there are really interesting, complicated things going on to the point, Steph, that I did talk to that person you suggested I talk to, and he he and I had some conversations about that. Um, but anywho, my point was that when I am having conflicts in life, like I had to go to a wedding and it was very complicated at times, um, and I had my teenagers with me, so of course there were conflicts at times, you know. Um, when those things happen, it's not, not a place where I can just stop and say, okay, I'm going to go take this call from our visitors and or our ultra terrestrial friends. I don't want to, I don't want to meditate right now. I, and I, I feel sometimes a pressure to do it. Like there, there is a message that I'm supposed to get and I don't want to pick up the phone. It's a very strange feeling, but I'm like, I'm busy. <laughs> I've actually said that out loud. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. You know, not only have I thought it, I've even gone to say it out loud if, if I'm here by myself, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's not really a good time, right? And I, okay. I hate to be disrespectful or anything, you know, but we do have commitments here on, on, on planet Earth that we must meet, right? <laughs> I mean, so. Right. And Steph's yeah. got alarm setting off saying she has Yeah, you must have a lot of commitments. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was for this. And yeah, I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, and we all do need those barriers. We do need to say, hey, look, you know what? Now's not a good time. You know, I need my me time. And people want the information here and now. They want you at their home here and now or or whatever it is. But sometimes we do need to just kind of turn it off and say no. No is a very you know, strong word. And, uh, you know, you have to protect yourself and your energy, especially if you're, you know, putting so much out there being an extrovert as you are, you know, so you're going to have those moments where we are not robots. (laughs) We are human. And, uh, you know, sometimes we push ourselves just to that limit to where, you know, you need to, you do need to turn it off and relax, light some candles, take a nice bath, meditate. I mean, I couldn't recommend that any more than I I'm trying to, you know, and I just don't think that people have that 
almost capacity to to take the time, even if it's 10 minutes, those 10 minutes could just recharge you for the rest of the day, you know, or just we, we need a little bit more mental peace and to, you know, nurture our mental health also. It's extremely important. And I think that people, you know, have some sort of a stigma around that to where, oh, no, I don't if I go talk to someone, then this is the case. No, you're, you're actually, you're nurturing your mind. You're, you're trying to figure out what do I need to do to enhance my mind and to make things right or better or, or to be understood. And, and that's perfectly okay and healthy in, in all, in any, in any situation. If it's, it, it just is, I just really do promote that. It's yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So ladies, I was kind of wondering, do you think that the uh, the energy sensations in the rooms that I've described to you and also in my body, and by the way, I remember walking in here where I live now, and the minute I walked in the front door and closed the front door, I felt a squeezing. So whatever was saying, hello, I'm here, whatever it is, okay, somebody was here. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a opening a blowing out of the chakra system? It seems so severe to me that I felt like um, it's actually um, something along the lines of what the shamans in Native American culture go through, Mm -hmm. uh, known as a spiritual initiation, which, or like a spiritual crisis. uh, So it's like a calling. And I'm kind of getting the sense that I'm being called to be like the student and then the teacher. And I keep hearing the word sentences. And so I kind (laughs) of think they want me to get out more in the world and do that. I feel like I, I want to recommend um, a few books to you. Like, that's what I keep mm-hmm. feeling like I want to say. Like, I always recommend American Cosmic because she talks about the calling, um, which mm-hmm. I actually spoke to the author, Dr. Prasolka, once about it and told her I recognized what she was saying. And, like, I had read the book after I got the calling, <laughs> you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I wanted to recommend um, Artie Six Killer Clark, who does go into a bit of the star people. Um, but I don't feel like they have different experiences than us, particularly. They just um, have maybe more. Um, and maybe uh, there's a little bit more trust sometimes with that communication that they get. A little, They get to see maybe um, some things and understand some things in a different way but it's they don't try to block it and ignore it like other people sometimes but you know you could take a look at there's a lot of different reactions i would say take a look at that book if you can um but yeah i would say uh the the other thing to look into is gary nolan's work um he's really trying to pin down whether or not there's a physical change that can happen after a uap encounter um, and I've spoken to people who have something like the Frey effect or something because of the electromagnetic um, interaction. The Frey effect is when you hear sounds like music after, um, you know, an increased exposure to electromagnetic waves. Um, That's interesting because I heard at one point shortly after, <laughs> I remember being in the shower and I remember hearing like the cello playing. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was the cello. Yeah, it's related really to RF, like radio frequency. Yeah, 
Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that is something I've heard as well. Or people having their name called by a deceased relative. Oh. They couldn't actually be there, so they're but they're hearing them call their name in their voice. Wow. After viewing UAP. Wow. No, I've ha I haven't had that. Wow. Interesting. So for, you know, you, you have this calling and you, you sound like you're, you're needing to, you know, put out these messages to the world. What would be some of the, the ones that really stand out to you? I know, you know, you mentioned the one on the one side where it's, you've got these messages about the, the nuclear, you know, maybe that you want them to, you know, disarm them, disable them so that they're not going to harm the earth. Do you have any of the similar, say, Zimbabwe uh, incidents where the children were receiving messages from, say, cleansing the earth and to protect the earth? Are there messages that you're receiving such as that? So, I mean, I have put out all, all over Twitter and on Facebook, uh, definitely about uh, the nuclear uh Come on. This yeah. Is it's just, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So I've definitely, I've spoken out against what's going on currently, right, in the Ukraine region. Um, but yeah, I've talked about, um, yeah, remember I, I, I got like a down, a slower download where I could understand it. And I remember it was the first time that I went out in the world. <laughs> and I said, okay, I got a download. <laughs> I'm typing and I'm like scared to death to tell the world. And, and I'm like, you know, um, you know, we really need to take care of the earth. It's basically what you just said. We really should take care of the earth um, and take care. It was take care of the earth and take care of one another. Right. Mm -hmm. And definitely, you know, down with nuclear for sure. That was like the, right. the gist of it. And uh, <laughs> when I wrote it, it sounded great with the way I'm saying it now, verbally, not so great, but yeah, that was basically the, the gist of it. And, you know, I think probably they would, you know, probably they want me to come out and do what I'm doing. So, and I want to do this because I don't want somebody else to walk around for years. And it was years that I was really questioning my sanity honest to God. Right. I mean, and, and people around me were like, no, you're okay. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I, I mean, really. And then there were other people that knew me that were kind of like, no, you're not okay. But I mean, I, I, and I was just so confused. And if I could just help right. with that, you know, cause my, my sense, my gut feeling on this is that this is only going to increase, mm -hmm. you know, just imagine. Yeah. Just imagine. Oh, I, I will comment that I think it does come in waves sometimes. So don't feel bad if there are off days. I don't think that's something we can help. There's lots of other factors. So I just want to point it out. Like there's been days where people are like, I can't feel anything. That happens oh, sure. to me too with the biofield and all that stuff. Like some days I'm like, I can't get it. It's not coming. But anywho, I was just going to say that um, I, I was thinking that, oh, man. I, I've lost it. I was so distracted by like trying to reassure you that we weren't going to have to worry that, that much. That's but okay. <laughs> let me, let me fill this for one second. You guys will find this interesting and it does coincide. So earlier today on the calling all beings, like crew channel, you guys had mentioned that you were going to bring on Priscilla stone who she, she focuses a lot on the quantum physics and things like that. 
Well, as I, I was taking a nap, I laid down for half an hour to recharge my batteries, Donna. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and something came into my mind, which is so bizarre, but the, the two words quantum entanglement came into my mind. And when I looked at my phone, when I woke up, you guys had booked Priscilla Stone. I, I was like, what in the, that is a definite synchronicity. Yeah. How do you explain that? Yeah, there's so many things. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I was going to say, wouldn't it be nice if we just took the pressure out of ourselves in general and just kind of recognize that we all have kind of gifts like this? Like how many people have to have strong deja vu, really strong, not just like compulsory deja vu, but really like, oh, my God, I was definitely here in a dream or uh, have a dream where they predict babies being born. I had those. I had, I predicted two sets of pregnancies, um, you know, or, you know, have an instinctive gut feeling. I should not go left down that alley right now, or I should not go left on this road right now, or I'm going to be late. I know it. And I don't know why, you know, how many times are we going to have those experiences as humans before we take the pressure off and just accept that's part of who we are. Right. I could be wrong, but I, I my sense right now is, is that in the United States in particular, people are very skeptical that I, I have friends in, in um, oh gosh, Greece, Greece, and they seem much more open to all of this kind of stuff. I mean, very open to the UAPs or UFOs, just the whole thing or encountering, you know, uh, extraterrestrials or, or interdimensionals or whatever you want to call them, right? In the United States, there's still a little giggle factor. I mean, it's slowly eroding away, but, um, and frankly, again, <laughs> with there's so much going on in the world and that really distracts people. And um, there's right, sometimes, so sometimes I just wonder about the timing of these things, you know, but, but that's me. It's so complicated to answer that. We had a super powerful stigma program used against us. Okay, so that they didn't have to deal with too many reports coming in to the Air Force. That's why they did it, right? And it was a 70-plus year program. Like, that's a lot to work against, first of all. Second of all, like, other cultures recognize these things as a given, and the American culture does not. We don't even like to talk about death. Like, other cultures celebrate it. They actually, right. you know, in, in South Korea, they have shrines and every year they have a ceremony. They feed the spirits of their ancestors. You know, and they, you know our, our culture is like we have a one day funeral, maybe up to a week at the most, depending on your religion. And then we don't want to talk about it. Like, that's okay. it. Like, mm -hmm. we don't want to even talk about death. And then, you know we have a lot of hypocrisy we have people who are really into their religion and that's all they're willing to be really woo about it's totally cool to talk about angels and god for some people but not cool to talk about the other beings that come from non-human uh non-earth places you know mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a great point it is true because i mean look at how extreme that is you know it's it's they're both just as extreme if you really think about it. And I agree, Donna, that people are skeptical. And I think that's healthy. You, sh you should walk into any new situation with a little bit of that. I mean, I'm still in wondering what, you know, what happened and what their intent was with, you know, visiting 
earth, you know, it, it sounds out there. So, you know, you do question yourself. And then, you know, it, I feel for the solo experiencers because they're the only ones that had witnessed that. When you have multiple, it, then, you know, it, it does have a little bit more form of uh, credibility. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I can't believe I forgot this. <laughs> so I did have one person with me one time. Yay. <laughs> um, I can't get her to come forward, though. Last time oh. I talked to her, she wouldn't come forward. I don't know if she's changed. I probably should ask her again. Uh, oh. But this was in middle school uh, in Naples, Florida. Walk, talk about walking on the beach, right? And so we're two middle school girls walking on the beach. Can't say her name. And uh, next thing I know... I just, all I can remember, and I don't, I don't remember much at all. All right. But I just remember lift being lifted up and the beach was getting smaller and smaller as I'm, you know, going up. And it was like, I think it's kind of like in the, the, the pictures or the drawings or whatever that people depict like a blue light or whatever coming down to the, there was some sort of energy, whatever it was lifting us up. So I don't remember what happened after that. My friend, I think does at least some things. Next thing I know, we are in her bedroom. No kidding. We are in her bedroom. We were like sitting on her bed and her mom was yelling uh, something like, you know, are you girls here? I, I don't know. We well, Oh, what first happened was we were both kind of like, you know, what? Because you're just, it's like, I guess you would say missing time or whatever, right? You, 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 mm -hmm. you know, and and then all of a sudden she starts freaking out. And I guess there was a part of me that remembered just enough to kind of piece together what it was. Uh, and then I probably remember going up and seeing the beach going, you know, getting smaller. I, I don't really remember what I remembered at that moment, but um, <laughs> I said to her, I said, shh, shh, calm down, calm down, calm down. It's okay. They're like our grandparents. And then she kind of, I kind of got her to simmer down. And then right after that, her mother yelled out, heel girls here, you know, whatever. And they were like, yeah, we're here. And, and she's like, I didn't think you guys were here. When did you get here? You know, I was like, well, we've been here a while. We didn't know what to say. Right. And then I don't know. It was kind of weird. It was like, we kind of didn't talk about it after that. You know what I'm saying? It was really mm -hmm. strange. And I had forgotten about it. Right. And then she, I, I spoke with her. Um, two, three years ago, a couple years ago, I guess. And, you know, she brought it up and I'm like, oh yeah, you know? And, um, and I said, you know, I'd love to get you on to talk about it. And she's like, oh no, no. So yeah. So, and then also the, the angels, I wanted to tell you too, <laughs> I've had so many experiences, like it's so weird. Um, so I was telling you, I was on the, on the uh, computer with a friend, right. Saying, I wish I would get some confirmation. And then I don't know what happened. I, went off into a tangent. I'm so sorry. Um, but on that particular time, like a night or two later, I did, I was asleep and I know people would say this was, um, what do you call it? The paralysis, the sleep paralysis or something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was able to move and I, I was scared to death. I saw, um, you know, it was like a see-through kind of a being kind of wispy, and it didn't move toward me to scare me. It moved away from me and it looked angelic in form. Okay. And I often wonder if they just change their form so we don't freak out. Right. And um, it had long hair. So I thought it was going to be a woman, right. With a feminine voice or whatever. And it just yelled out Donna in a male voice. And it just 
scared me half to death. And it floated backwards and just kind of faded away. I mean, huh. uh, you know, so I've had a little bit of kind of a little taste of everything over, you know, many, many years because I'm that old now. Right. But it really picked up after the big encounter roughly 10 years ago. That's when things went kind of crazy. So and For whatever that's worth. <laughs> I think if you were able to sit down and do a timeline you'd be surprised how often you noticed it was happening and i would go back to what i said earlier that maybe it wasn't a leap and maybe it was something going on the whole time Fluid. and i yeah. and i and i think since you were scared and you still say it's scary at times they yes. maybe they're trying to protect you from not remembering everything and mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't know why sometimes it seems like they do things to protect us and sometimes they could care less. Hmm. I don't feel like they're out to hurt me at all. Honestly, I just don't. Yeah. Well, and they've, they've allowed you to think that also, you know, because we perceive everything as we, you know, feel it, you know, you could have one person witness or three people witness a UAP and they could see it in different shapes. And I hear that say the light beings, it sounds that you you witnessed a light being that they do try to camouflage themselves into a pet or a person. I've heard of someone pushing a stroller and uh, they're trying to blend in They're They I believe that they are observing us in that manner also. And it just sounds that they're quite interested in you. It's it's yeah, it's huh. a trip. Huh. And, and I hate to say this, but everything always to me it goes back to em it goes back to the electromagnetic stuff like heel who i'm reading right now is talking about how some of these things we're seeing may be emitted to us through electromagnetic frequencies almost mm -hmm. like a visual radio show right they're they so they're not they were maybe see-through because they're not actually physically there but they're projecting something to you um, mm -hmm. so that you can meet them, but maybe they're safely millions or trillions of miles away, right? So it's hard to say, but I, the problem I have with all of that is that there are definitely physical things happening. And I'm sorry, I don't understand how we could just electromagnetically have physical things like dents and damage to property and, you know, fires and like, I don't know, he, mm -hmm. he, he tries to explain it, but it, it's all hypothesis. We don't right. know. Mm -hmm. Well, and and Donna, you know, you described the being as a, a woman. It looked like a woman, but came with a, a male's voice. So maybe he just didn't know what to morph into, you know, because there's got to be some confusion that lies in how these beings are presenting themselves. And that's what I've heard recently also is that sometimes um, I've heard of a combination of an animal and a person. And it's almost as if they're confused as to how do I show up? How do I present myself to blend into this scenery? And it sounds that that happened to you where they they didn't know how to present themselves in the right, you know, say male or female. So right. that's really, that's really hmm. interesting. Hmm. What's yeah. funny is yeah, I've heard of cat people and what what's one of our pets? Cats, right? And then we hear about, you know, werewolves, which, you know, a dog person, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you have to wonder how much of this stuff is getting blended together. Right. And it's, you know, people are using their imaginations also, which I appreciate. You know, we don't we don't know until there's enough data and analysis done to to prove this and have, you know, the proper camera equipment with 
flare technology and night vision that actually does capture these instances happening, then we can say, okay, we have an we have actual data on this. It's not just someone, you know, wanting to tell me a campfire story, you know. So it's it's yeah, I'm intrigued by all of it. It's so cool. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that. The the night right. vision and you're saying flare technology. I'll look this up because I've yes. been thinking I've got to get I've got to start to try to document this. I mean, I've had so many things happen. Actually, Maybe they want me to, you know. Well, they yes. picked people to do that. They picked Dorothy um, Ezot to do that. Um, so she was she took so many photos and videos. It's ridiculous how many. Um, I was just going to comment that you know they they are being filmed now we do have evidence we're just not getting access to it they're not sharing it with the general public and i did watch the documentary uh, a terror in the sky and they showed a little bit of civilian science yeah it's the new documentary um i think it oh i'm not going to say the right studio name i think it's like 1029 studio something like that um anywho um so i watched that and they had um the technology on these things and they caught some things from it um which was really interesting um so civilian science may start giving us that before you know the military does unfortunately i think that's true i really do i think yeah and you know and let's be honest the young folks today in particular are so tech savvy i mean i know that a lot of other people are too but I think it's just going to be more and more. And I, I was really surprised. I mean, I started really digging into the the sphere thing. And I know it's like one of the most common or maybe the most common uh, um, shape that they're seeing on MUFON, right? That are, are being reported to MUFON. Mm, right. Um, and and they're all over the world. And they're, they are on camera. You know, I'm hoping right. I can catch something beyond the sphere. That would be, you know, be nice. Because, I mean, there's huge flotillas now. I mean... For some number of years at this point in, in Mexico and other places, mm -hmm. huge numbers of them. It's just amazing. So, and I felt, to be honest, yeah. I felt relieved. <laughs> I felt uh, relieved that other people well, were seeing them and having experiences, you know. Honestly, the, the spheres have been a huge part of the paranormal. They've just been called different things. Orbs, some people would argue ball lightning, um, you know, lots and lots of things. I know someone who had very interesting ball lightning experience where he, it sounded like it was intelligent and it was in his house for like two minutes like what lightning lasts for two minutes you know it's just and it was moving until it like basically went to a window right that doesn't sound like normal lightning behavior to me like i don't i don't know i just think the whole ball lightning thing gets a little weird and if you haven't read uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, there's those little spears that went into someone's shoulder and ended up, um, unfortunately, hurting the person um, and causing some serious illness. So the spears, wow. they've been around, they've been doing a lot. They, there's different types. Some people say spears show up to heal them. Um, I think the size, the color, the, you know, the source where they're coming from, um, that's important. Some people say spheres become extraterrestrial beings and then go wondering. back to being a sphere. Yeah. Um, it's like almost like a, a mode of transportation, you know, and some mm -hmm. people say spheres come out of other objects like uh, saucers. Yes. Right. So there's a lot going on with those. 
Do you think they're attracted by frequency? So like, you know, like attracts like in a sense. So I was wondering, like, yeah. you would hope that a decent human being, and I do think I'm a decent human being, would, would attract something that's fairly, you know, kind and benevolent, and you know what I mean, loving and wise even. Um, you would hope that. I don't know if, if other people that consider themselves to be pretty decent people have had really terrifying I'm, I'm get the feeling I'm going to get a yes that's happened, <laughs> but um, I've been lucky, I think. I think some people don't even believe in this and have experiences. I think that it's um, um, a strange. Okay. So your, your personality will of course impact how you respond to the whole situation. Um, maybe not the initial fear, but your overall acceptance or handling of the situation, positive thinking, et cetera, will help you to cope with the situation. Right. But but in terms of them being attracted to a certain type of person, I've not had that indication. I feel like they just pick whatever they want. And I do sometimes joke that they might be annoyed by people who are doing things like I do, like trying to eject and get the beacon up and all that with CE5. They might be annoyed by that. They might be like, who's misdialing me? You know, so. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, so I don't I don't know if, uh, if there's a clear answer, but I've never gotten the impression that they come to people just because people want them to or because their person might be good. They might not even have the same idea of good that we do. They might think what good is is how many rocks you've broken in your lifetime or, you know, uh, if you have managed to... Uh, like snared a rabbit who knows you know like we, we it's hard to say what they think good is <laughs> right i've had that yeah. same question also donna as to why are they choosing certain individuals to visit them um one thing that i have collected from it, the experiencers is they do seem quite open you know everyone's hesitant at first but when they write they're very well written. We're very well versed and just open to write about it. So, you know, maybe maybe that's a commonality that's shared between experiencers. You know, I'm sure that there are some people that have seen it and just went on with their life and didn't think a thing about it. But, you know, we're trying to reach out to people so that they speak up a bit more because we're going into a new chapter of this where it's becoming, you know, normalized or actualized, if you will. And, uh, you know, we want those old timers to come forward and share with us what they had, what had happened to them, because let's face it, a lot of them are beginning to pass away. I, I have a friend who works on the ships out by uh, Catalina. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, yeah, my grandparents had witnessed a UAP, but they're not here any longer to, you know, expound on that event. So, you know, we really do need to gather these events that happen because I do believe that they do have a relevance to what's happening now. There could be one little iota of information that comes forth that, you know, could put a piece to the puzzle. We just don't know. So, yeah, keep keep uh, getting the word out and you'll be surprised. P people will come out of the woodwork as, as soon as they know, hey, look, my job's not going to be, you know, on the line if I talk about this. A lot of people exactly yeah really. or relationships or relationships right. because there's a lot of I mean there's at least a, you know a certain percentage of people who are perhaps more not as open-minded some can even be to the point of being rigid right and so if you've had an experience 
but you're say with a partner that's not open to these things what do you then what do you do right oh, uh -oh. It's, <laughs> it's a challenge let it's me it's a tell challenge <laughs> I, right. I will yeah i was i was gonna say that um when it comes to previous experiences you know it's interesting how they changed they um you wonder, is it the observer that's changing or the method of demonstrating to us that has changed? You know, like, you know, we look at the different waves over history. Um, and of course, we hear about like there were shields at one point, there mm -hmm. were balls of fire at other points. You know, you have to wonder if they were seeing windows on a craft that was that were lit, lit up some kind of light or and they called it fire. Or were they literally being shown balls of fire because they thought that would be better related to? So you don't know. So we actually, I wonder if in 20 years it would be something else that they're seeing. You know, people keep talking about the Tic Tac and thinking that's the most prevalent thing. Saucers are still being seen, right? But they're not being, but, but yeah. But I Just wonder what's, what's going to be next. That's very interesting. Yeah. Have you all, either of you seen saucers? Uh, triangle craft. Yes. Oh, you know what? My ex-husband and I saw a triangle craft. Actually, yeah. now that I think about it, we yeah. were down in South Florida uh, uh -huh. driving and it was, it was the craziest thing. It, huh, I'm remembering all this stuff now talking to you all. I love uh, it. There's a black triangle craft, but it was totally silent. And I was yeah. like, turn down the radio. So I turned down the radio and I opened the window. Now we were on a highway in South Florida, you know, not too far from Miami. And uh, there's a lot of traffic noise, right? But I didn't mm -hmm. hear anything from, and then it was gone. Yeah. It was just gone. Either it, either it camouflaged or it was vertical, you know, takeoff or I don't, I don't know what it was. Right. But we both saw that one. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I was sorry. <laughs> that was yeah. fun. It was fun. Awesome. To it and was somebody else. <laughs> it's great you know? to walk away with that feeling. Also, you're like, well, that was awesome. What did I just witness? And yeah, yeah. the triangle craft do have that trend also where they kind of show up, they hover, they are almost as if it's like a stalking. It feels like, but when they um, leave the atmosphere, it's almost as if there's a, like a, you can snap your finger and it's gone. So yeah, very similar situation. If you, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you where to look at our event um, on, offline, but okay, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Fun oh, little thing about them is that they also tend to go sideways when they're leaving, which is so mm -hmm. weird to think of. And that might be harder to see, mm -hmm. you know. When wow. They're yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I saw nothing. I was like trying to look all around. I mean, I was trying to look out the back and head out. I, I couldn't, you know, they were just gone. So, do you, they, yeah, well, it was just like showing up to say hi and then, yeah. oh, what are you guys doing? Okay, see you later. Now, did you guys ever report this to the FAA or any Air Force base? No, you just kind of. No, we yeah. were, we lived in uh, Melbourne at the time in Florida and we, we, we were going down to a, a mall down south and we just, you know, jibber jabbered about it the whole right. day. And then we, we told family members about it and, mm -hmm. and then it kind of went away, you know, and then years later, <laughs> everything exploded for me. So yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. You know, no, we didn't I, report wow. it. I think one of the things that, um, is coming out of what you're saying is a problem a lot of people have is that they just take these weird things for granted and as parts right but then when you put all those parts together as a whole you're like man that's a lot of parts that come together you know like mm -hmm. 
for instance, when, when I started doing this work, you know, it occurred to me, you know, I used to sleepwalk a lot. Mm -hmm. And one time I was sleepwalking and I, I don't have to mention this before. And I was dreaming that I was flying and I literally jumped off the stairs while sleepwalking. Oh, wow. Yeah. And wow. you know, like I was, I was fine. I just like scraped up my chin. I didn't go very far, but I was definitely asleep. I was definitely dreaming. I was flying. And that's a weird thing for a kid to do to jump off the stairs while they're sleepwalking. So like it, it, it cursed like some, so if I put that in the, as one of the parts of the hole, it looks a little weirder. How old were you roughly? Um, about, I would say eight or nine. Wow. And it wasn't, yeah. it was far from the first time I sleptwalk. Another weird thing about me is when I was five, I decided I was going to walk to South America. <laughs> really? Yeah. My, and I was waiting for an excuse to do it because I kept saying I was going to do it. And, and I actually packed, when I got mad, I packed a pound puppy, a blanket, and put on some boots and started walking out the house. And my family was really upset about this, by the way. This is not a joke to them. They don't think this was funny. And I walked for at least an hour before someone actually picked me up. And they were like, why are you walking around? You're five. Yeah. So why do you know why you wanted to go there? No. I did think it was really nearby, though, I think. I didn't understand how maps worked. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but but I was I was a little peculiar, you know? Mm -hmm. That was not mm -hmm. a typical five-year-old thing to do, to be like, nope, I have somewhere to go, and it's not here. Mm -hmm. Did you ladies feel, or did, or, or did other folks uh, comment that you were particularly mature for your age, you know, mm -hmm. growing up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. was... For some reason, I recall being very shy after the incident. I even, I do recall someone saying that to my mom and she said, oh, she's shy. And I was kind of an outgoing kid prior to that, from what I recall. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, it, maybe it did shock me in some way where I couldn't let it leave my mind. You know, it did scar me in some fashion, but there was some time in between to where I almost did, you know, forget about it. You move on with your life, you do your thing. And then later on, it just weighs on you and just knocks on the back of your brain going, hey, what the heck happened? I want some answers for this. But that would be the only kind of effect when I was a kid directly after. Wow. And how old were you when your experience happened, the first one that you remember? I was about six years old. So and that was the only experience, but it was very close up. I mean, the, the thing was probably about, say, four to five suburban homes away from our car. That's the best way to describe it for the listener. So it was extremely close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you saw a craft or, yes. or an entity or both? It was a craft. It was a triangle craft. It would look like um, if you looked up at the bottom of a ship where it had fluid line, there was like no, um, no design or anything, just very smooth, no windows. We didn't see any, any entities. There were three lights on each of the ends, um, just a kind of frosted looking light. And it actually mimicked our car. So when my mom slammed on the brakes, um, the, the it also stopped. And then we had backed up and it backed up at the same exact time, say as a Tesla would, it has that cognitive ability. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we grew up in a narrow space 
industry also. We owned and operated a machine shop that supplied parts to Lockheed, Boeing. I mean, we knew when we were children what an airplane was and a um, helicopter and all of that fun stuff. So we could differentiate what an actual you know, helicopter was. But when we realized that it was otherwise, then, you know, my mom, of course, she did, she um, reported it to the FAA and March Air Force Base. So anyhow, um, yeah, it's just kind of strange. We came from an, a, an aerospace background. We had military contracts mm. with the stealth helicopters, yeah. Boeing, uh, just like all of them. Wait. Yeah. Did you say anyhow? I say anywho. And the real way that people say it is anyway. Oh, is this destiny stuff that we were met and became friends? It's it's quantum entanglement. I know. Okay. I don't know, but but anyhow, yeah. I mean, it's it did happen. Three of us are alive to tell what happened to us, and uh, I don't like using the term story. I feel like that that. Um, that it was an incident that occurred. It it was it was an incident, and um, I, yeah, we want answers too. So it's it's interesting, you know. And what are the effects that happened to us afterwards? I'm not entirely sure. But my sister, she doesn't believe in all of this stuff. She doesn't get into any of the woo. I'm not even into the woo. I'm still skeptical on a lot of things. But she, my sister did hear someone call her name after it had happened. And that person had passed. She had a lot of electricity type events happen uh, that you just can't quite explain. Uh, for me, I do have this almost, I do feel like somewhat of an aura when I meditate. And I did have an electricity event happen right. to me a couple of years ago, which was very concerning because it was near water. So, <laughs> you know, for, for right. good reason, I was concerned. But um, there was a floor in between me and uh, the water source. And I felt electricity in between me brushing the floor where the water source had actually, there was a broken pipe below me. And yeah, I know it was, it was very bizarre. So uh, that, that happened to me as far as my mom goes. I don't know. She's a, we're all, we're all pretty normal. Our heads are on straight. We've talked about it through the years, but not as openly as we have in this past year. So I'm just we're we're ready to we're ready to talk about it and share and when there's nothing for us to lose it, it's just it is what it is it happened. Well, I, I say, love it. I say thank you to both of you for having um, UFO UAP and you know alien uh, encounter uh, support. Obviously, people need that. You know, every time I talk to someone who's doing that, I really really appreciate that. Um, I'm hoping we'll get to a point where. The people who provide um, therapeutic support for people will also just accept that this is part of reality. Um, and I hope that, you know, one day that we won't be using the term woo, we'll be using the term, you know, science, quantum, maybe, yeah. you know, because that's what it is. It's not, it's there's yes. science behind that woo, um, some of which we just don't know how to name yet. We don't even know how to explain consciousness, but. It's been an hour and a half. I know that it's oh. a long, long time. We kind of, in some ways, it just kind of flew by. I know that we didn't even get nearly to everything. There's so much that you have to tell people about, Donna. Um, can you please tell people where they can find you, what your website is, 
um because we'll definitely yeah. have to have to have people go look there there's just so much going on <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot yeah. on that website yeah. um yes it's at d m atwood that's a t w o o d dot com so it's d and then m is in well it's my middle name marie uh, atwood.com okay and yes there's a, a a page dedicated for alien experiencers there's a blog on there uh i've got a podcast on there um yeah so there's just a lot uh, and i mentioned uh i mentioned the book that i'm working on but really you know that's that's honestly not the main part of the whole website that's uh because the science fiction is fun and i love this you know the stories have been great and they are kind of related um uh, to, to my experiences uh, with a lot of different characters and so forth. It's an anthology, uh, but that's, that's not, I really just want to reach people. If you want to know the truth, that's, that's what drives me every day. So. Right. And then Steph, can you please let people know where they can find you? Yes. And I love that. That's what your goal is also, but I am looking forward to alternate re realities just so you know, um, we will, we, the anticipatory feelings have set in just so you know, so, uh, <laughs> yes, you. of course, uh, you can find me at UAP underscore experiencers on Instagram and everything else is UAP experiencers across the board. And yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on with you both. And I look forward to our next chat. Well, wonderful. Thank, thank you very much. Both of you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you for those who came to listen. This was Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. I am Deb at Study of UAPs. You can find me all over the place if you need me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, sometimes. I'm not good at Instagram. I have to keep saying that. Yeah, Facebook. I'll get there, guys. I'll get there. Uh, LinkedIn. Um, and I will be on Calling All Beings with Steph. So you guys can see us there. Although I have to miss this Thursday. So I need someone to convey my question. But okay. I'll <laughs> okay. throw it on over. I'll take it for you. Yeah. Okay. So everyone, you have a wonderful rest of your day or night as it is. And thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.